0: In this world, the next five to 10 years, cash is trash. Cash is trash because it's losing money at a rate of 4.2% right now. When did you ever think your cash was a depreciating asset? Leverage up, borrow, and invest.
1: You're listening to the Expertish Podcast. Be sure to head over to iTunes or Spotify and tell Jay what you thought about this episode. Expertish is where you can learn how to invest from those who have, those who are, and have some fun along the way. Are you ready to start? Okay, welcome to Expertish Podcast and today's guest, actually our first return guest, Jared Kelly, the VA loan wizard, according to Google. How's it going, Jared?
0: You got to hit me with that every Uh, time, uh, uh, Yeah, pretty much. The wizard.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to let that go down. That's going to live on.
0: Well, the the deal is got to help the veterans get in the houses. So sometimes we need some wizardy, wizardry, <laughs> wizardy, wizardry, wizardry to and make we're,
1: that And happen. we're not even drinking whiskey this time, too. Oh, <laughs> How does yeah. that make you feel?
0: Um, pretty normal. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, I feel enough. normal when I have whiskey in my hand. So, um, not having it, I, I guess I'm
1: still you normal. Trip but, up, but trip over it, some words, but you can't talk right. Fair enough, fair enough. Hey, I, one of the reasons I uh, warned you to come back on and uh, is just talk about some of the stuff that we we talk about on a regular basis, but particularly today about some things that came from you know we did at an investment workshop. Mm-hmm. What, six weeks ago, maybe? Yeah. It's been a little bit. And then also a lot of questions, similar questions have been popping up, at least to me, and I'm sure you as well. So I kind of wanted to get your take on some of these and and a little bit about how you direct people or how you consult people with uh some of the same questions that I know I'm getting.
0: Yeah. I mean, this we're in an interesting time right now with the real estate world, the economy, um, John Mannard Keynes. If you haven't heard of that guy, um, we're in a, we're in a demand economy, right? That's Keynesian economics. Uh, so we have to spend money in order to keep the economy going. When we spend money, there are taxes that are collected when we sell houses and that, that, Demand is there, taxes are collected, and if we aren't in a demand com- economy, we're we're shooting ourselves in the foot. And right. the ways that uh, we curb that is with the Fed um, controlling interest rates, controlling what how, the exchange of money and what that happens between banks, and the uh, and then who ultimately lend that money out. And their goal is to hedge inflation right. with that so that the demand stays relevant and, and stays steady. Well, we're at a 4.2% appreciation. That is, uh, the Fed had some minutes today and some things came out and it hurt bonds a little bit. So, guys, I think we're in a let it ride attitude, which mm-hmm. is super interesting to when we start to talk about real estate investments, what that is going to mean over the next five to 10 years when the Fed is saying, we understand we live in Keynesian economics, but we're going to let it ride. Right. And what does that do? What does that do to the value of the dollar? What does that do? Are we going back to the gold standard?
1: (laughs) Are we? (laughs) Might not be a bad idea. (laughs) I think real estate's the new gold. They kind kind of, I don't even know if I'd say the new gold. Yeah,
0: it's, you know, it's the gold that we've been living in, in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And when, if you haven't been paying attention, like, uh, alternative investments have been popping up. If you haven't heard of cryptocurrencies, right? you may want to start paying attention. I'm not saying, I'm not saying good or bad. I'm just saying alternative alt investments are going to be something to pay attention to. And, and things like gold, mm-hmm. things like crypto, uh, it's a currency. It's not invest. It's not a, a, a standard investment that can be deflated, right? Cause right. it's a currency, right? Um, it's a, de- well, it, it is a, a, it is a something that can be deflated and inflated, but it's a separate currency, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think we're in a super interesting time and I have to say my ears are perked and my intuition is real estate it's going to be a great place to park that cash, and I've I've generally been a cash is king, right? Mm-hmm. Liquidity you control a lot of the outcome mm-hmm. uh, when you have cash. But guys, in this world, the next five to ten years, cash
1: is trash. Cash is trash, especially as we're going to keep <laughs> that inflation is going to keep coming up. Yeah, that's going to keep up leverage market. up. Borrow
0: and invest. And I'm not saying get outside your means, yeah. get outside of what you can do, but specifically talking on investment, specifically talking about that maybe hundred thousand dollars, $50,000 that you got sitting on the sidelines. What are you doing with it? Yeah. Let it make you some money. I hope so because it's losing money at yeah. a rate of 4.2% right now. Right. Right. Like when did you ever think your cash was
1: a depreciating asset? insane for sure insane for sure yeah but but also to that uh, man it's such an exciting time too you know a lot of people we get a lot of the questions of people kind of worried like should i buy this or should i do this or just kind of in that panic mode And i think a lot of times that's a little bit of misinformation or just not totally understanding so you know i can understand that but when you say uh you know leverage and and utilize that cash there's there's so many ways to do that right now. And, and it's not just the cash in your bank account, but equity in your home is cash too. And there's so many ways to utilize that. And I'm not one that always would say in different times, there's different things, right? Yep. It's not always the right time. But for me, as you know, right now it's buy anything, buy anything I can real estate wise, not, yeah, you know, not trying to waste everything, but this is the time to leverage with while the rates are still low, leverage what you have, get into some of these investments, and i think that you know that's the thing i just try to talk to people the most about when they ask questions on specific investment things or what about x y or z you know it to me it is look around you and what opportunity is presenting itself right now
0: yeah and typically when i've looked at appreciation in the real estate space i generally look for under a million bucks (laughs) And the reason is that's where most people live, right? That's the bell curve. And that's crazy to even say under a million bucks. That's in the bell curve. And right now the numbers have even went up. We're slated over the next five years to have about 42% appreciation in San Diego County. That's all of San Diego County combined. That's not just coastal. That's not just, that's all of San Diego County, 42% appreciation under a million bucks. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, it's gonna be way different over a million. Let me let me run these same numbers. It's not. No. And some and some avenues where it starts to dip off a little bit is around three million. Right. And that's a single family house. That's that's like saying, hey, we've now said luxury is only. You're only paying a luxury or a custom tax when you're going above three million bucks in San Diego, and that. That's across the nation. We're seeing that. Mm -hmm. That's not, you know, we're not seeing $3 million prices, but we're seeing prices skyrocket in places like San Antonio, you know, Denver, Colorado Springs, all across the nation. We are seeing this environment where the appreciation is in the appreciation market. So I don't want it. We talked about this before and we talked about the same investments piece. The decision that I'm, Asking people to make for themselves mm-hmm. is are you making a cash flow decision or are you making an appreciation decision? Right. Because there is a huge difference yeah. in that space. And if you're going to play in the appreciation game, again, we talked about this in a, in a previous podcast too. You have to understand, we don't want a, a single market driver. I happen to own a house one point in Indiana where RCA was the only factory in town. When it shut down, what do you think happened in the economy? Yeah, it was done. a single driver mm-hmm. uh, for, for that space. So when we are looking at those things, we we're looking at the next five to 10 years. My answer to real estate is buy, 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 mm-hmm. right? Like hit the buy signal. And if we have a dip, like just don't sell it. Yeah and and not dipping there's so yeah that's exactly where I was going because the demand for rent and demand for homes is only we can't build fast enough right anywhere and in the places where your appreciation markets we can't build fast enough because of supply chains because of cost to build because of uh barriers to entry Mm -hmm. to do that like until we're building on barges right in the middle of the ocean like I, I don't know like maybe invest in the and uh, Mars or the moon, like. Uh, <laughs> get in early on get it. Get in early, because that's the only place in the appreciation markets. I'm gonna predict Mars is gonna be an appreciation market. It's gonna be. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. gonna yeah. be, right? Yeah. So like specifically right now, I'm talking about the appreciation markets and maybe Jay, let's dial, let's dial that in a little bit. Like, uh-huh. what does that mean? And the questions you said you, you're being asked mm-hmm. a lot of these investment questions as well. And I've put out some interesting videos where I say, Think about your house as a primary residence and an investment. And the most amazing way to do that is to buy something that's two to four units, right? because both from your mindset now and from the tax guy, you get to count it as your primary and as an investment. Right. So there's a huge benefit to that as well. This episode is
1: brought to you by Voris, a strategic sales advisor for early stage startups. At Forest, we'll add a startup sales expert to your team without the cost and commitment of hiring full time. We offer sales and SDR advisory for teams serious about exceeding their goals, as well as strategy and process recommendations to help accelerate growth. Let us tell you exactly what to focus on to dramatically improve your results. We help early stage startups hit their revenue goals, and you are only one click away from more revenue. Forest.com when you said the mindset part, to me, I think that's the biggest thing because you can actually get, I mean, I, I have, you have, we, we see other people doing getting something that they're super happy to live in. Cause there's, it's not, everything is just an attached three things stacked on top of each other attached type home. So you can find things that are even suitable for your family, whatever you want, you can find it and still have that you know extra income properties attached to that deed right yeah. on that lot and it, there's a little bit of something for everybody but it does change your mindset and then you start kind of looking at what each thing brings to you versus what it costs you right yeah. and, and i know that's how i look at things now it's like okay well, we'll the what i like about this home or this extra little amenity does that mean more to me than if I put this into something else that was bringing me more income to do whatever I want or to invest in the next thing? And, and when you get that mindset, then I'd say eight times out of 10, I say, no. And that is, you know, it really gives you something to balance against what you end up doing with your money.
0: Yep. And think about this. Most economics goes in a cycle, Mm -hmm. right? We're having some interesting cycles line up right now. And I, that's part of why it's buy, 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 right? Like there's some times where you can sit on the sidelines and wait and it's like, okay, I I see what's going on with that. Um, But there's other times where it's like all signals are pointed to to get into the market. And could you have done that 10 years ago? Like using a personal story, I flipped a lot of houses. Mm -hmm. I look back at houses that I bought in 2013 and you know, in in Southern California, in San Diego, mm-hmm. I'm like, holy cow! I forgot I bought that house for two hundred fifty thousand. Now, granted, I had to put a hundred hundred thousand into it to mm-hmm. sell it at that time for four fifty. Right, but that home today is worth seven hundred thousand. And just that that Delta, I bought it for two fifty, and it's now worth seven hundred. Like, yeah, probably it was the best time to buy then. Right, but. All the signals weren't necessarily there. Right. We're at a point now where the signals are saying, we haven't figured out building. We haven't figured out what we talked about before, the demand problem, right? We haven't figured it out. So I, I do think we have five to 10 years before we figure that out, or maybe the exodus happens. I, I mean, who who knows? I, I think that's too far down the right. road to try and decide. So if if you're listening to this right now, just ask yourself the question, what does my investment portfolio look like in five years? And what do I want that to look like? I would suggest real estate be a part of it. And then ask yourself the question, what if I do nothing?
1: Mm.
0: Because that's really the decision that you're making right now. If I don't do anything, what does it look like? Uh, And, and Jay and I talk about all this time, all the time. Like I love hitting base hits. I think right now, most real estate is a stand up double. Yeah, I'd agree. And, if I love hitting base hits, why would I not love taking a stand-up double? Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and then sometimes you just don't you don't even know and you end up with a triple. You know what it, I mean? Yeah. Like you get a good bounce. <laughs> it's all baseball, of sudden you get a triple baseball if you
0: understand what we're talking about. <laughs> <right now. laughs>
1: but it's but it is true. Like I think that uh, you know, and I see that too a lot of people asking, especially I feel like it's more people who are starting out, which cool I get it. You know what I mean? Like when you start, you you don't know where you're at yet. And people are like, oh, I saw this happen. I want this, you know, I want this same result. And it's mm-hmm. like, man, you're looking at like one situation possibly of like, say 20, let's say one out of 20 that a certain person maybe did. And they're like, oh, this is the story. Like, I love that win story, you know? And like, I have one where I'm like, oh, this was the best deal. Things just lined up. But you know what I don't go for? I don't shoot for that every time because that's how I'm going to end up striking out. Yeah. You know what I mean? You just go for like the... Go for what, you know, go for the, I mean, when I say go for, you know, I mean, same time, it's fun to do some different things, but it, but stick to, you know, what makes sense to you.
0: Yeah. Stick to the opportunities that are presenting mm-hmm. themselves, 100%. right? If I could get in and buying the best widget company right now, if you have a widget company to buy for a hundred thousand dollars and it has a trajectory to become an amazing company, please let me know about it. because I'd like to know about the opportunity, but right now I don't know about it. Yeah. So what am I investing in the things that I know, the things that are in front of me, the things that I can touch and feel and understand. Right. Right. So if you're like, oh, I read this book about this strategy, that strategy has existed for thousands of years. Right. Right. Talk to the kings of wherever or talk to the Romans like they were doing it, too. They're just pillaging people yeah. to make, to, <laughs> to make yeah. it happen. Right. Like <laughs> renovate. we got to renovate because we freaking burned it down the first time. <laughs> we <got rebuilt>. we'll, <laughs> Yeah. And then I'll collect some taxes on it. Right. So mm-hmm. th- that was the game. It's the same game. Just we need to we need to relook at that. The same strategies are being put out in different books and being put in the, in the mainstream. And, you know, something that I don't know, I've thought about a lot recently. And this may, um, this may show you how weird of a person I am. Like, why was the circus
1: successful? Yeah, okay. You're going to show us now why, you're, why you're weird, but yeah,
0: because everyone knew about it. True. When it when the circus came to town, it wasn't just one poster, and and I think it may have been a mistake. Like you see, this old circus posters when it came to town, it's like the same thing printed fifty times posted all over the place. They, they rolled in, they put up the big tent. Why was there a big tent? Cause everyone could see it. Yeah. Right. So my thought process right now is the CD from your local credit union. That's paying you a half a percent annually. If that's the best thing you know about, yeah, you probably need to read some books. But I promise you there's some other investments that are flowing across your face right now. If you haven't heard of this thing called cryptocurrency, right? Like You've probably seen it on your Facebook news feed or maybe a news headline. I don't know that. I don't know 100%, but I'm going to guess in the long run, that's probably a decent investment versus the hedge of the American dollar. It's a hedge to the American dollar. It's, it's what it is, right? Yeah. So I'm not saying dump all your money into crypto. I, what I'm saying is just start to think about some of those other investments that are presenting themselves. And don't wait for the one that's the grand slam home run. Mm-hmm. Because you want to know how people hit grand slams home run? They hit base hits first. Right. They, they strike out a couple of times. Right. And the, the goal is just, you know, I don't like striking out. I mean, I yeah. want to make some good decisions. but I definitely want to hit base hits. I want my on base percentage to be way better than the times that I strike out. Right. And to me, a strikeout is just not taking the opportunity. Yeah, that's and, and looking back and saying, I didn't take the opportunity. Mm-hmm. That's a strikeout. That's just watching the pitch go by. And that's so working. It's so, like a little
1: league game where you're like, bro, just swing. Like <laughs> just swing yeah. the bat. Yeah it's true but but it, it happens a lot it's happening every day yeah. and it in some people I think they convince themselves they're waiting for prices to you know convince themselves of a crash or hoping for a crash where they think they can go in and scoop something up and it's just I don't see that that happening but even even if prices plateaued and stopped going up they're not that's still higher than it is today and the rates are going to get higher and higher and it's yeah. I just don't get it yeah. And it's, it's the, the perfect storm was years ago and,
0: and not, not so many years ago. Uh, maybe 2012, 11, mm-hmm. 12 was like the perfect storm interest rates still weren't there and we never hit the perfect, perfect storm, but we're past that guys. Like that's the past yeah. of of where you could have been to hit the lowest price of the lowest interest rate. That's mm-hmm. gone, mm-hmm. gone. Uh, and I promise you the person um, I, I used to sell real estate in in San Diego as well. I Just I'm on the lending side, being the wizard, the VA wizard, wizard now. Yep. But I remember sitting down at several houses that I was selling in the Claremont area, which is a in the Bell Curve. Mm-hmm. And, I, and you'll hear me say the Bell Curve all the time because mm-hmm. I love looking at things that are in the majority, right? And I was like, "You bought this house forty years ago. Like, what did you pay? Like, what did you pay for this house?" Right? And she's like, "Well." My husband and I had to make a really hard decision. We were buying this house because the canyon. It was either buy the house on the other side of the street, but if you bought the canyon view one that we're on, it was seventeen thousand. The other ones were ten, right? And we never thought our house would be worth more than a hundred thousand dollars. Never, ever. This 17000 seventeen thousand dollar house that we bought in Claremont with a canyon view, guys, make a decision. Don't watch the pitch go by, take the opportunity and run with it. If you hit a, if you happen to hit a foul ball or you, you do strike out swinging, like that's, that's your best learning that you could possibly have, because I promise you won't do it again, but I also think you'll know how to
1: re-engineer that to know how to do it right. Yeah. Well, in those same, those now, those same homes you're talking about, like you go to one of those now and and it would sell for. Over a half million just as a teardown, as a teardown. Like, hey, we don't even want your house, but you know, if you're going to leave it behind, we'll scratch it and start over.
0: So, so Jay, that's also a great point. When you say teardown, that means you're essentially buying the land, right? Mm-hmm. So, the opportunity to build an ADU, a junior ADU, to build on to these things that have pieces of land. When you buy a house for a million dollars in Southern California to build another unit is costing about 200 bucks a square foot, right? Like, I think that's a that's an average house. If you want a big custom thing, you know, on you, upwards of probably 500. Yeah. But 200 bucks a square foot, you could build an ADU. And,
1: uh, and what's the average? I mean, most, and we're talking modest areas, you're talking $600 a square foot to purchase an old home now.
0: To purchase an old home. So that means two thirds of what you're purchasing is the land. Mm-hmm. You've already purchased the land. Build the ADU on it get an income and and do it again, right? So again, that's another one of those opportunities that right. have presented themselves that if you're not understanding some of those pieces and understanding the lingo that's happening as it's crossing the headlines, uh auxiliary dwelling unit, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're able to build an ADU, potentially a junior ADU on the property you already own and create more units. And, it, and you can still live there. It doesn't right. mean you got to, Make it a weird, this isn't like a trailer park <laughs> game. This is, it isn't like a weird duplex. Like we got air conditioners in the windows deal. Yeah. And I'm not saying that's bad or good. Yeah. I think that when people think about the, a duplex, it's like, all right, we got crappy yard and a air conditioner in the window and a taped up. Yeah blinds, right? Like there's some that, of them out there. Yeah. And, there and, are some of those. And, and that's what that could yeah. be. But what I'm investing in and what I see as opportunity are the houses where you have sophisticated people whose rents today are $3,500 yeah. and whose rents five years from now are going to be five, $6,000 a month. And that is not going to be uncommon. You have fixed your cost that you have to pay in every single month with your mortgage, to have that house and you're getting the air quote appreciation of the rent, Yeah. right? You're hedging inflation because you fixed the cost. You've fi- you've hedged.
1: And so many people, uh, again, when they're starting out, I'll get the questions also of, Hey, but if I had to rent next year, if I had to move, if I had to do X, Y, or Z, I'm, barely breaking even, you know, and and that's just to me a, a very short side way to look at it too. And I know we've talked about that on here as well, because there's still so many advantages to it, right? You've still yeah. got so many things going on with tax benefits. You've got they're paying your your they're paying your freaking payment for you. They're paying your interest for you. They're paying your taxes for you. And if you're even breaking even, they're they're doing it all for you and buying you an asset. Yeah. Right. And then, you know, as you said, rents appreciate and you're Principle is going down, so it's only going to improve. You're eventually cash flowing quickly, but still, it's just like look a little deeper because to me, man, if you're breaking even day one, you know that's a stand up single. Yeah, you know because you're someone's buying your home for you,
0: and again, right now. that's in an appreciation market. Mm-hmm. So do I believe that to be the same world if I'm buying a house in Indiana? Yeah. Like, I No, because yeah. that house in Indiana is, a, and I don't know the exact number, but maybe appreciating it one and a half, two 2% annually, yeah. right? And you got some weather issues too there, right? So it's just a different world. Yeah. And I just would implore people to look at in a low interest rate env- environment, if you have a VA loan... Matt if especially if you have a VA loan if you don't have a VA, if you don't want to use your VA loan I'll buy it for you I was going to say
1: just give me a call and yeah. we'll find a way to use
0: it we'll find a way like um, you can't literally buy a VA loan but it would be nice it would be nice but if you're not using <laughs> it call us because we can probably find a way to monetize a way for you to use it without risk yeah. right um, because there are plenty of you buying a duplex? Property management companies, analysis that show there's just always risk. So don't, I don't want to have people think that there's not risk in things, but to minimize that risk and to minimize your your position so that you are your hedge correctly. So if you're looking at a cash flow game, that's cool. Yeah, it's cool. I've calc these numbers out so many times. Simple math: forty percent straight appreciation on a million dollar house, four hundred thousand. Tell me that. in on a VA loan, zero down. Yeah. No loan limit. You can go to 3 million, four We You can do 4 million, zero. There, there is not a loan limit. Yeah. Now there are some banks that have some overlays and I, I've personally done them have up, to to, up to 3 million. You have to qualify, but you get to use a rental income to qualify. Exactly Right. Yep. Oh, four units. You get to use three of the units income to qualify. So on a you're looking at a three million dollar, no money down. You got to qualify for about a six thousand dollar a month payment. Right. Th- that's not for insa- a three million dollar home. Yeah, it, three an million dollar home. Yeah. That's not insane. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not super hardy. That's probably looking at with minimal debt, two fifty a year, in income to to appropriately give that loan to someone. Right. A combined family all investment income, and potentially even less. But I, I like to kind of live in that. In that zone when I'm talking about it, because when you are buying, you know, like that, the thing that comes with real estate is potential repairs, some of the things you never want to put someone in a position where it's like, mm, yeah, we're we're stretching every single penny. Now, maybe with some partnerships or some other things that could be be an option. So you're looking at the Midwest, that 40% flat appreciation on a million dollar home, 400,000. 0% down. I buy 0% down in Indiana. I'm by a super nice house for 250. Right. Let's just say I get the same 5 year even 40% appreciation. Let's just say it goes gangbusters. Mm-hmm. Like, are you really telling me your cash flow is going to get you more than the, the, you got 401 side, 250. quick math. That's about 40%. Is that 60 K? I think that math's pretty good. I think you're already on that one. Yeah. (laughs) 60, 80 K, 80 K in appreciation. I, I, it's just not going to catch up. Yeah. And if the person's paying the loan mortgage for you on, on one side and you're collecting 200 bucks on another side, like you're not anywhere close. Like one side, you're at a hundred thousand dollars, the other and the appreciation game, you're at 400. Right. And yeah, there's cost of sale to access that money to do things, but you guys, there's opportunities that are coming across your face all the time. HELOCs, cash outs, selling it, assumption of loans, right? There's
1: ways to figure that out. I think I've used almost all of those in the last eight years, and but I like to trial and error everything anyway. That way, if I if I talk about it, you'll know that I either survived it or I'll tell you uh, the bad side of it, right? Yeah. But no, there 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 are there's so many ways, and and if people look for solutions instead of excuses, I, they're going to find it, right? I mean. We talk about that all the time. It's, and I've had that conversation with clients before when they're looking for something and they kind of find it and they, they know that's kind of what they want and they just kind of get the cold feet and they're hit a sticking point or something doesn't go right with, you know, qualifying for a loan in a certain way or not the same rate or something with the property. And then I just have to ask, do you want me to find a solution or do you want to walk Like you have to decide, do you want to back away or do you want to find a solution? Want a solution, cool. All right, let's go find it. You know, we can, we will make it work, but you have to want
0: to make it work. Yeah. What other questions are you getting right now
1: in the investment world? Is there, is there other well, stuff that you hear coming up that we want to rip on for a yeah. little bit? I might as well. I mean, the big one is touched on slightly before, just people talking about the other markets um that are here. Like, and I'm talking people here. Don't get me wrong. Like, if you're in the like, well, let's just roll with Indiana still, right? You know, use your example. If you live in Indiana and You can set and oversee you know you you, maybe you have a different career and you're trying to like build up your uh, rental portfolio or whatever you want to do okay cool it makes sense because it's where you are you know it right but i get a lot of times people because they'll read a book they'll read listen to something which cool that's all awesome but you just have to measure that right you have to like balance it with other stuff get more info put it together and, and come up with what you want and I keep getting, and this isn't one person, this is more like probably five people seriously who are like researching in the last six weeks to come to me multiple times to almost talk about the same thing again. I'm like, well, I'm still hung up on, if I had a 100,000 and I could put 20 down on five properties or four properties in the Midwest and, you know, it'll make like, looks like it'll make me $300 from what I'm hearing, you know, per, you know for uh property or something like that you know and, and i'm like cool you know whatever what do you think well it's like do you live in the midwest do you know anyone in the midwest do you have contractors there do you have property management there have you built a team there or who's going to do this for you Do you have agents there well no
0: that okay. is a
1: good point you know that's there's, there's a lot of stuff and it only takes one of those to snowball then your then your four base heads turn into, you know, end of inning, you yeah. know, because if you don't have that team there, I'm not saying you can't do it, but it's a lot more time and experience and effort invested into build that up than it is to start with what's in your backyard if there's opportunity there.
0: And uh, the team is the most important piece anywhere. Oh, and nice. I will say this teams change over time.
1: Uh, change during one project during
0: <laughs> one uh, just super honest like we went through a, a, I went through a project recently where I I feel like I got burnt by a contractor that I've used hundreds of times. I think he's getting a little older and probably doesn't need as much anymore or I don't know what the agenda is but if someone would have asked me for the recommendation who's the best contractor you know I would have given this person but if I wasn't in the game in my local market, I now know I'm not handing that person out to anybody. Mm -hmm. Right. And when you are building a team and it's like, Oh, I'm doing one of these every five years or this is my first one ever. Right. Right. You will get burnt by your team. Yeah. Yeah. There is a very, very small chance that you can put together the dream team on day one. Right. And the opportunity cost to not be able to know that team and to address that team and to, Contractors, lenders, real estate agent. Do you think a real estate? When does a real estate agent get paid? When yeah. you close a deal. Yeah. Don't you think they they're trying to get you to close? If you're in California buying a house in Tennessee. Yeah. Right. Like, are you really ever going to see that person again? They're trying to get you close on a deal. Yep. Like, I, I assume maybe there's some people that say, "No, I, I'm not going to play just the real estate. I'm going to play the property manager. Mm-hmm. I have a team put together." And I've a vested interest in making sure you get a good deal right. because we have a full team put together, different story.
1: Right. Right. No, I agree. And the other thing is just that it's human, you know, we're talking about humans. That's the other thing. Like kind of your example just now with the contractor It's human, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, that's something you cannot overlook because there may be zero bad intentions. You may have someone that's done well for a long time. You may have someone did that you, that. you don't even see daily. If you have somewhere else, you know, you're invested somewhere else might do well for a couple. You don't know what's going on in their lives. People have problems too. You know what I mean? Yeah, Everyone And if people handle their issues differently, um, some people compartmentalize better than others. Some people don't. So it, that just comes down to it. And that's kind of part of the fun of the game too. It, Cause I, I know you're the same. I enjoy building those relationships with the cool people and the different teams. And so, I mean, I'm, don't get me wrong. I'm still keeping my eye open or whatever, you know, like trying to, trying to watch and trust, but verify type deal. But you just don't know what people are going through yeah. and you don't know how they're going to react, yeah. you know? And so I think that's something too, like, uh, like even in that situation that you're talking about, I know you don't have like, you would never recommend them. Cause that's your word, but you don't have hard feelings because yeah. people go, I mean, good people go through bad is. times. You know, Uh, things
0: happen. Throwing out his name and saying, no, 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 not at all. Never use this person. I just know the multiple deals that I could, that person could be getting from me. (laughs) Or going to someone else. (laughs) Are are going to someone else now, right? So if you're a great contractor in San Diego, keep it going. Because there's a lot of people that aren't. um, And contractors are the hardest. So again, that's my, contractors are probably one of the hardest people to, to nail down and understand. So if you're willing to overpay in a spot, that's my other recommendation. Mm-hmm. Do it in the contractor that is willing to manage and understand your project well and present you a great plan up front and stick to it because you will you'll make up a lot of money by overpaying there in stress and time and and effort that you're probably
1: going to pay the same cost for anyways. So that's true. Yeah, very true. And if you're and if you're anybody's looking for a business to do, if you have if you have those skills, man, if you're a contractor here in San Diego now, I'm sure it's in most places. If you return phone calls and you do quality <laughs> business and you uh, stay on track and manage your people well, oh my god, you know it's like a golden ticket. You can yeah. just write your own checks right now. So
0: yeah, let's let's get a little expertish on that because <laughs> I think the COVID world really gave everyone an excuse, Indeed. and it was BS yep. to not do their job. And if you want to be expertish, if you want to have a team that wins, that is committed to not just getting base hits, or stand-up doubles, and sometimes hitting that home run, you are few and far between to hit a home run without the right team. Yeah. And the home runs exist because the at-bats, right? And you're never gonna feel the the at-bat if you never step yeah. up to the plate. Yeah. And and that's the that's the point of that I super, super, super wanna stress is Having a team, having the people you can trust, but step up to the plate, yeah. make a plan. And doesn't mean on day one, you're going to buy something, but make that plan. Have something you're going to shoot for. What is it? Like, yeah. If it's crypto, like I really don't care. Make it crypto, but take the opportunity to do something right now. Yeah. Because if not, buy, I'm, I'm going to say it, buy real estate because inflation is going to make a choice for you. It's, it
1: will make a choice for you it will <laughs> and, well,
0: you, and you're going to be a hashtag renter paying
1: six thousand dollars a month right yeah, like yep and and that's uh you know people's i hear that sometimes too but my rent's only this or something i'm like that rent four years ago was this yeah you know and four years from now it's going to be this but kind of to that to that point of like making something happen and uh you know this story too but like uh what a week ago i got a call from like totally random. Like it was, uh, I think it was just off of a Google page or something like that. I like got a call from someone and wanting to learn about like start the process of learning how to get into her first home new to PB. Yeah. Right. And you know, I'm talked about and rents is, hasn't been here long, but knows already. I like San Diego. I want to try to make this work. And I know that I'm going to get it priced out, even though I'm new, I have a lease for almost a year still put me on that path. And to me, I'm like, I, I was just like, so happy for her because that's huge. Like seeing something so quickly and going, you know what? Cool. I know maybe I'm not ready now. Maybe I am, but I need to make that call and get started and find out what I find out my roadmap and she did it. You know what I mean? And that's huge. That's a huge first step. And sometimes it's just picking up the phone. Yeah. It's that easy because people will amazingly, people will normally jump all over helping someone who's trying to help themselves.
0: Yeah. I'm on that game. Someone asked me the other day, like on my, on my team, like, man, you give a lot to the team. Like, how do you, how do you decide to do that? Or how does that, how do you look at it? And I'm like, my only ask is that you choose to be consistent. Mm-hmm. And if you choose to be consistent and you choose to step up to the plate, people will help you. Yeah. And that is taking action. Right. And, and if you're one of the I don't know. I'll be generous. 60% of people who won't step up to the plate. That's right. generous, yeah, right? Like, yeah. um, probably 70. Minutes. 70, 90. No, That was uh, probably more realistic. Probably N- so. 90% of people. And again, yeah, it's fine. Like, uh, totally fine. I just want to stress in this environment, we are in a spot where you are going to feel the opportunity cost of not stepping up to the plate. Yeah. yeah. You're going to feel it. Yep, It's not just sit on the sidelines, go punch the clock nine to five. You're going to feel the opportunity cost of not maybe having some money in your 401k, like do something. Yeah. Pick something and do it. There's naysayers everywhere. There's people that
1: are going to say that'll never work. I've I've heard from, and, and not in a malicious way, but I've heard from people before. Oh, well, you're just, you're fortunate that you bought something when you did, you know, and you're fortunate you did this. And it's like, okay but when i did buy it that was a stretch for me too you know almost anything i bought early on was a stretch for me but i just find a lot of people kind of give themselves that out with like oh you were fortunate you bought when you did i'm like well at the time people weren't saying they were like oh i wish i'd bought four years ago i wish i would bought four years before that you know so you can kind of like rationalize that to yourself all the time but it doesn't matter you still gotta you still gotta take a step or it's not fortune if you do it If you do it, you know, you got to make a decision, not fortune. It's just a decision.
0: Jay, you've been over my house. The first house that I bought here in San Diego, I knew I had to get in the game. So it was in 2012. I was like, it looks like we're turning back up. I want to maximize this opportunity. I want to buy something in a great area. I put six and a half percent down on my house. You want to know why I put six and a half percent down? That's the That's, max that's what, had that's what I had to do right. to qualify for the loan. Right. It wasn't an option. It was like, right. you're putting six and a half percent down. Like, that's a weird number that you put down. <laughs> yeah. Because that's what I had to put down to qualify. And I scrounged up every penny that I could out of every investment to buy a house. I'll just say it because it's tax record, right? Like, right. you can go look it up. I bought a house in Mount Helix in 2012 for 390000 That house today is, you know, probably pushing, you know, from a, a regular appraisal, probably one, two, mm-hmm. 1.2 million. Uh, in this market, probably could get one, three, one, three, five out of it. So uh, let's just call it an even million, even $800,000 right. gain. Yeah. Yeah. In,
1: because you've nine done some years, cool stuff to it. Nine years, but right? it that's yeah.
0: huge. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. So I mean, realistically, I'd probably put another hundred into it. So, you know, say I'm in this property for four ninety and it, you know, it's worth one point two. Yeah. Right now, right now, like guys, I put six
1: and a half percent down. You you could conservatively call uh, say you're 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 pulling eighty thousand. That's very conservative. You know what I mean? Just yeah. being very conservative saying you're making eighty thousand a year equity off that. That's crazy.
0: Yeah which is absolutely insane. And it's not conservatively 80,000 a year. We look at the first, the first year, there's a 20% gain Mm -hmm. on the first year. If we're saying 80, well, that's not how compounding interest works. Yeah. That's because if you don't get in the investment,
1: you don't get compounding interest. Right. Well, (laughs) that's another thing too. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's a huge, huge point because it's slower at first. Right. I mean, it is like, uh, you know, you know, my deal, like I started over after being divorced and you know, get properties back to zero, but then like that first repurchase again for it really to start really, really generating. It took a few years, but still that's like a drop in the bucket because I need to live anyway. You know what I mean? It wasn't like I wasn't, it didn't change anything. I did. It just, it got the timer starting until it just started, you know, growing growing hit whatever spots like you're saying when we get a hot roll then it it grows and then you leverage it you know you can he it you cash out refi it, i've done both of those on the same property and bought more property but you have to get the clock starting right yeah
0: and the compound interest game is is the game right mm-hmm. so the sooner you start the better it is and that's literally a in the investment. Tell me an investment that compound interest isn't the thing that you're trying to right. get to, right? Like to get your, and what that means in super plain English is your money's the one making you the money. Yeah. That's what compound interest mm-hmm. means. You got to a point where you're now, now your money is making the money. And that only happens with time in right. the compound interest
1: mm-hmm. game. Well, the other thing too, and I think you and I, not on here, but we've talked about this before too, is people are, st- I, on the positive, I mean, all these are positive because even people asking questions about investing, that's to me, that's a positive. It's, you know, these are just the things that we're seeing a lot of the questions on, which I appreciate that people are even thinking it, you know, but the other thing is people are getting, I think a little more thoughtful, more purposeful with their initial purchase now, which I like, I appreciate that too, is, you know, Hey, we want something, you know, depending on their family situation where, you know, what's going on in their life at that time. But it may be hey this is our what our must-haves but other than that we would like something that you know this isn't our forever people that recognize that their first home isn't normally their forever home yeah and like hey this is kind of what we need to be comfortable beyond that let's find something that's going to be in an area that will appreciate or has opportunity for rent down the road or x y or z and i just think that that um i, I just love hearing that and i love hearing people start thinking that way where it's like cool i want something for myself now but I don't have to have my dream home now because it's, I'm not staying, you know, I, I, there's no guarantee I'll be here forever. And those people are setting themselves up as well for just so much bigger success because man, just right now, what, three years makes a huge difference. Huge difference. So,
0: and I like to use fi- a five-year mark. Mm-hmm. That's, that's my kind of exit strategy goal. One, because if I look back five years, I couldn't have predicted where I would be today. Oh, no. It's just too hard. It's mm-hmm. too hard to understand what changes in life happen to you and the decisions that you're going to make. Yeah, you can set this vision board, long-term goal, which is which is yeah. great. But I think practically, I like looking at things in five-year chunks, right? Yeah. So if I'm looking at this in five years, that's why I talked about appreciation over five years, other pieces in five years, because I know I'm making the exit strategy mm-hmm. I want extra strategies maybe that I could bail off sooner, but really I'm making the extra strategy at five years. And doesn't mean I can't extend it another five years or do something with it, but I know at a five-year mark, I'm in a pretty good spot. So if you're first time up, I'm looking at the house and needs to have these couple of things, but it's not my forever house. Think about it in a five-year chunk what is your family going to look like in five years? Well, I'm still going to be a single dude. Well, then buy a single dude house. <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, I'm thinking I'm going to get married, but we're probably not going to have kids, right? right. Like if you have a kid, you'll you'll get through it and you can suffer for that last one year right. in that five-year period then make another kind of five-year plan. So don't not set those long-term goals, mm-hmm. but also don't get so focused on the long-term that you're forgetting to understand that, you're gonna make short-term decisions, yeah. And when those opportunities come across, say, "Hey, can I handle this for five years?" And if you can handle it, you should probably do it,
1: right? That's the way it. I look at too. Yeah, five <laughs> year. five years is probably a good bracket to put things in. You know, yeah. No,
0: and if you're military PCSing, you know, other thing. Well, I'm here for three or four, whatever that is. Well, then, what if you had to rent for a year? Yeah. What if your timetable is three instead of five? Like, then bracket it with that. Yeah. I'm I'm just saying I like to use five years as my, my brackets to where I know I'm going to be in a safe place. Right. If the market turns, I can ride it out. If something happens in my life, and I'm just going to bring up some examples. Sorry, this may be weird, but family member passes away. You get, I mean, on a positive note, you get married. Those are going to drastically change your life. Yeah. Right? But you can live it out for a year or two but I wouldn't recommend just sitting and suffering for more than that. Right. So like the five-year chunk, I think gives you an opportunity to really say like, I'm going to do this with this investment and why I stress investment stuff. I mean, Jay knows some of my story. I think if I may or may not have shared on the podcast, but like you never know, you never know what's going to happen in your life. Real estate to me has been a safety net. And that's why I'm just sharing that as my experience, because I think experience with, with knowledge becomes wisdom. And my experience, my personal experience is real estate has been a safety net that has solved problems, mm-hmm. both financially, both with st- and stability and consistency in my life. So I love it as an investment. And I'm just saying that as a, someone that's experienced
1: it as a safety net. Yeah, it's true. That's, that's true. And I think I think there's a lot of people that agree with you. You know for sure and there's some who i think still like every i still get in touch with or i, I bump into people a few people that kind of feel burned from you know 2006 2007 2008 purchases and uh, purchases there but and i understand like sometimes some people may have gotten burned at that point if they didn't maybe have you know the reserves to get through a certain point in time but but a lot of that you know obviously different with the more you know if it was a fixed rate then They've got what they've got, yeah. and if they had to move, the rents didn't move. But it just becomes an, a little bit of a panic, and if you panic and ditch out, then because all the, I mean, what happened to all the people that held on to those? They're selling this year for
0: <laughs> a big profit, <laughs> a big profit, right? Like, yeah, yeah, and I don't know. That was a different world, right? Yeah. So if you're the person that signed up for a nagam interest only loan, like you know, shame on the people that are giving those out. Right. Um, It was a standard. So, I mean, yeah, it is what it is, but we've corrected from that. Right. Mm-hmm. So we're not going back to that game again. Right. We, we just aren't. I'm very confident. And if you've listened this far in this podcast and you want to write down 10 years from now and call me, Jared was wrong. Call me because I'm not going to be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm very, very, very confident that we're not going, there's no big crash. Coming because we are in, as we started this podcast, a Keynesian economic world and we live in a demand economy. Right. Yeah. And what that means is so a supply economy says we are going to create things and people are going to buy them. And that's how we are going to create revenue and GDP and everything else. Right. That's how the economy is going to work. We are in a demand economy where we say we are going to spend, therefore, to create. Right. Create. Right. right? And we're, we're forced to be there. That's what. The debt that we have puts us in that place. and We're in an interesting world when, again, I'm not going to argue necessarily good or bad because may be confused by this, but I think there's positives to mm-hmm. a de- demand economy. Yeah, I think right? so too. There's negatives to it too. There's never a 100% right world, but that's the path mm-hmm. we're on. In mm-hmm. the United States, we're in a Keynesian economic demand economy and we will spend our way out of things.
1: <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it is true and we have to have to we have to that's the economy that's the way it's set up and again if you pay attention and you recognize what's around you you know where to or you can you can find ways to take advantage of it and i think as you said before um, about going back to covid and how that became a big excuse Mm -hmm. for a lot of people for a lot of things too it also for people that just didn't put the zoom, uh, happy hour blinders on for the whole time, looked around and there was a lot of opportunity. So there was a lot of money made during COVID and there were a lot of good moves made. And there's a lot of people doubled down on their work, you know, as far as just to be prepared for when things came out and you're seeing a lot of, I mean, I just see a lot of success coming yeah. from COVID. I mean, I see a lot of the other side too, but there's always two sides to, you know, any situation and kind of like looking for the solution or looking for the way out. You can also look for the positive and how to leverage whatever positive has, happens to the situation. I mean, obviously people getting sick isn't the positive, but it made things go crazy for a little while with uh, rate, you know, loan rates at first, no one knew how to even like, what do you do with it, right? Mm-hmm. People freaked and then all of a sudden were like, okay, I'll follow my property. A little less of so people that were, uh, I mean, I know we had some clients that it's like, dude, you guys just got a gift Um, because these buyers fell out and now we yeah. can come in and scoop this up for 40,000 less, 50,000 left. It's again, it's just opportunity, right? Paying attention and taking advantage of what's offered. Yeah, I guess that's the biggest thing, honestly, of our whole talk today that I just knew I wanted to hammer in is to pay attention to what's around you and, and there will be opportunity. It might not be. I mean, not even, I'm just not talking real estate and you like, you mentioned crypto. It's, it, there's just so many opportunities.
0: I'm going to go back to real estate for one second, because mm-hmm. this is, this is what I see when I drive down the road and Jane and I were looking at another house recently and I'm like, well, what's going on with that house over there? Yeah. Literally on the door. Uh, and I don't know if the mailman is supposed to do this or not, but I'm walking up and the mailman sitting there. And I'm like, Hey, how often do you deliver mail here? He goes, I haven't delivered mail here since I've been a mailman. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There's probably an opportunity to buy that house. Yeah. Probably someone's going to get a good deal on that house Mm -hmm. because something's going on there where, you know, someone is either going to get cashed out or it's going to be forced to be cashed out at some point. Right. So. I think the interesting thing to me is when people get numb to Mm -hmm. the opportunity, when you drive by that house with seven feet, seven foot weeds every single day and don't see it as an
1: opportunity anymore. Yeah. You're wrong. It 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 is. The the only people, maybe their neighbors might see it as a, you know, like, (laughs) but yeah, no, go talk
0: to them and be like, Hey, like, Oh, I'm understand someone's story yeah, because it doesn't mean you have to screw someone to, to make the opportunity, but maybe, maybe they've been staring at a wall inside their house while the weeds have been growing and haven't seen the opportunity outside of of their place. So maybe you're the light by going and knocking on their door and then helping them just get out of a situation so they can move on with life as well. Right.
1: Yeah. Sometimes that's all people want.
0: We become numb to opportunity too, when it just presents
1: itself too much. True, Yeah. That's, that's a good point. That's a first world problem, right? Yeah. Like, oh, it's true though. It's true. But, uh, Hey man, keep your eyes open. It'll be there. What about you? Like, give us one more. What's one more thing that you've been getting a lot.
0: Super big. Being in the lending space, being the VA wizard. If you think that interest rates are going to stay in the twos forever, you are wrong. You are a hundred percent wrong. Are we going to go through cycles? Yes. Are you living in a land of opportunity where people are like, Oh, I heard my friend got a 2.25 and got a rebate. That, that time is gone guys. Mm-hmm. We're past it already. If you're going to rate in the twos, you need to buckle up and be happy and say, thank you so much mm-hmm. for giving me a 2%, a 2.75, a 3%, a three and a quarter, a three and a half percent interest rate. Do the happy dance. Yeah. Cause you are leveraging money at a very inexpensive rate. So, Jay, when you said was one more thing when people stand at the water cooler or listen to their mechanic and are limited to take action because they're not getting a 2.25 or a yeah. 2% interest rate, like it's gone. It's gone. Yeah. So, if you're not going to act because of that, please call Jay. He'll help you understand how to turn over your VA loan. <laughs>
1: <laughs> to someone someone that wants one way or another, <laughs> we'll will, we will find a way for it. <laughs> but, but a couple of years ago too, we I would have never even thought about rates in the twos. No. You know, I mean, it was thankful when anything below a five. And still, I think that, you know, people are like, oh my God, you know, like you said, it will hear, well, it was at 2.25. It was at 2.12, you know, whatever. and it's, But it's not. And it's still phenomenal at three or four.
0: Yeah, that's that starts to get the crazy part of a little tool that helps understand the cost of waiting. Mm -hmm. Right. So I ran one the other day at around a six hundred thousand dollar purchase price with interest rates moving up and appreciation at a two year mark. The cost of waiting was almost 30 percent. So we talk about appreciation being 40. The cost of waiting is even more you didn't get in the game Mm -hmm. you didn't get you know maybe the appreciation will still be great for the the segment of five years that you buy it in but if interest rates go up you aren't in the game you aren't getting appreciation right so the cost of waiting was almost 30 percent to buy the same house two years from today yeah and and to me that is the that is the place that says Man, I guess real estate probably could be a safety net because in in two years, guess what I'm going to be saying? Probably the exact same thing. Yeah, 100. percent
1: That the cost of waiting is still going to be 30. Right. Well, always will 20%. be 20. I think it will always be that. Right. And and the other thing too, if you make that move, if you take action, if rates went down, I mean, if it's if you missed it, you missed it. But what if they did go back down? You can ref. I mean, people. I, I mean, people on my team purchased two years and a couple months ago and have refied three times yeah. and gotten lower lower each time. In
0: 2020, I refied my house twice. I'm a, I'm a lender. I'm a lender. Guys, I can't predict what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I, I refied my house twice. And I mean, I, I thought, gosh, like it's, I'm at three and a quarter. This is like, yeah, amazing. Really good. Mm-hmm. I started out 2020 at a 3.75 interest rate, which is great. Yeah. I refied down and I refied down again. And I'm sitting with a conventional loan at two and a half percent. Did I have to buy that down a little bit? Yeah. But I feel like I'm at a point where like, you're going to have to pay me an awful lot yeah. to get me out of that house mm-hmm. and a demand economy. What does that do? Yeah. That drives prices up. I don't want to sell it anymore
1: because I right. I got my interest rate locked in pretty low. Well. Right. Yeah. Right. So that makes that decision a lot, a lot easier, doesn't it? It does. Yep. 100%. Does.
0: So, so if, and your one thing that's what I would I would leave it with is don't get caught up in the small number not the interest rate number your right. monthly payment get mm-hmm. caught up in that number what you pay for the house what your interest rate is both important if you buy right with a good interest rate your small your monthly nut is going to be something that you really like but if you're comfortable with your payment and or if it's an investment property and it's cash flowing Let's go. Yeah. Let's
1: go. That's a win. Yeah, it is. Back to the military side and the veteran side, when you're looking for things, whether it's your home purchase or anything you're doing, don't go buy like a home when you say my BAH and people feel like they're losing money or they're making money if they rent somewhere and they're not spending their whole BAH, right? their housing allowance. Don't let the military or the government accounting methods let you... determine what your worth is or what what's right for you because sometimes in certain situations you might actually would be better off spending quite a bit less for a period of time to get yourself in a situation but also you know look at your total like look at your total pay and you you budget it the way is right for you or your family yeah not what the military says that this is how much you get for this how much you get for that So that, I guess that's my big plea is people pay attention to what you're making and how it's distributed too, because all your allowances aren't taxed. That's a pretty decent plus, you know what I mean? That's a good little plus, but yeah, pay attention to what's right for you. Don't just fall into the trap of like, well, it says on my LAS that this is how much I'm worth for housing. Like I'm only allowed this much, you know, it's just don't think of it that way, Mm -hmm. you know, be smart with your money in the way that suits you best. You
0: know what BAH stands for? Buy a house. Buy a house.
1: I, I thought, I was like, what kind of real estate thing are you going to come up with oh, for this? Come on, buy good one, a house. Good one. I was a little yeah. slow on that one.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Jay, thank you so much for letting me be expertish, share some wins, share some losses. Uh, and again, I just want to 100% leave with this. Understand the opportunities that are coming across your face and don't be numb to them.
1: Yep. Huge. Take that step. And Jared, thanks as always for uh, coming on and talking to us and all the stuff that you're doing with the veterans for their loans, all that good stuff. Cause I appreciate it. Cause I'm one and I use your services and your uh, expertise quite often. But uh, if anyone wants to talk to Jared or be connected with him or his team, just come over to expertishpodcast.com, leave us a message and we'll connect you straight over to him or Jared, what's your page?
0: Homeloantech.com that gets you right to the application to fill it out. But if you really, really want or are serious about this, Mm -hmm. I know Jay, you said this on this podcast before, like if you're someone that wants to be taken under Jay's wing and you're looking at buying maybe a multifamily, because I know that's. Your, I love it your passion project <laughs> for the one person I'll give my cell phone right now okay if they want to reach out my cell phone, 619-993-6065 if this is like 2022 that probably doesn't apply <laughs> but I would love the opportunity if someone is like super serious wanting to get into that primary and investment with VA reach out to me. I'll spend more time than is needed to walk through that process to help you understand and to just look at it as an investment opportunity. So don't be numb. This is an opportunity. If you want to take it, I just gave you my cell phone number. Call me
1: and I would love to sit down and, and walk through that with you. I hope you get texts like all through the night and get harassed, but, come but on. hopefully somebody will take you up on the, <laughs> on the investment <laughs> stuff too. <laughs> but Jared, thanks again for coming on, man. And I'm sure we'll, we'll do another one soon.